0: Thoughts on Education, a Little Light Studios original podcast, episode one.
1: Well, Welcome to the Little Light Studios podcast, Thoughts on Education. I'm Keith DeWeiler. I'm here with Tom and Scott Meyer and Brandon Moscarinos, co-founders of Little Light Ministries. Today, we're going to start exploring the topic of education. And so to start off, we'll uh, you know we'll give you a little introduction of why we're talking about this subject. Uh, first of all, all of us have small children. They range in age from almost two to, to uh, ten years old. I think is how old Noah is. Um, so we're we're invested in education from the standpoint of their lives, and whether we homeschool or put them into academy or organization. Little Light Ministries wants to study the ideal of education so that we can help guide and direct them in their lives. Uh, Secondly, a couple of years ago, uh, we started a Kickstarter project for an education documentary called Leaving Independence. Uh, Just to give you a brief overview of the project, this is the story of an 8th grade teacher, Dave Vixie, and his class as he takes them on a portion of the Oregon Trail. They're out there for 10 days. They experience this as if they were living in that time. There are wagons with oxen, old clothes, tools, the whole bit. Uh, There's more to the experience than that, especially throughout the year. But the basic premise, as Mr. Vixie starts the year out, is that you can read about the Oregon Trail in a history book. But does that mean that you're really educated about the experience? Uh, Another reason is relevancy to society. Just this morning, I seen an article in the Adventist Review about education, what parts are important and what sets education apart from other education systems, and and what causes the students to excel. And if this works, then why are some institutions struggling to keep the doors open? I think all those things are are relevant. Um, As I read the article, um, the person who was doing the research brought out that um, she simply was able to affirm that a link exists between the physical, mental, spiritual, and social social factors of education, that holistic model, as they relate to academic success. Um, and so with that, a couple of books that we are going to springboard from are Education by Ellen White and Studies in Christian Education by E.A. Sutherland. And there will probably be some others that we work into as we move this podcast forward. The Bible. Yeah, the Bible, of course.
0: Thank you, Um,
2: Brandon. And
0: so, yeah, go ahead. Can I just make a a, a shameless plug here? I wanted to ask Scotty, since he's kind of been um, the point person, and lead person on Leaving Independence. For our listeners that are interested in this project, when can they expect to potentially see this documentary completed? (laughs) Uh, Rough, I mean, within... 30 days or so
2: yeah we 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 might uh see a final edit here in 2020 just kidding (laughs) it's actually been a long time coming and we're, we're rounding the final corner of um the editing phase here so i'm i'm really hoping that uh we'll have a finished product here mid uh march i think that's slated uh to to be finished uh could potentially be uh more towards the end of march but I'm going to push as hard as I can to get it out mid-March.
0: So, again, that will be available through our website, www.littlelightstudios.tv. All right. Sounds
1: great. Well, um, I think we've uh, read an interesting quote from Studies in Education by either Sutherland, and I'd like, uh, Tom, would you uh, highlight that from us to get us going?
3: Yeah, the quote is from the first paragraph in the first chapter of uh, E.A. Sutherland's book, um, the chapter entitled The Beginning of Education in the History of the United States. And he quotes Ellen White from the uh, Testimonies Volume 6, page 131, and he says, the science of true education is truth. The third angel's message is truth. So really the purpose of true education is to spread the third angel's message.
1: All right. that's Those are some pretty uh, insightful and uh, really sobering words if you think about it. So if we were to um, go through this topic and I were to ask you guys, what is the source of true education? Can you guys um, share with me, you know, Maybe from thoughts or from the Bible, what you believe the
2: the source of education is well if if the purpose of true education really is to to discover truth, obviously, who is the epitome of truth, um, that would be Jesus and God, and you know the Godhead Colossians two three says, "In whom all are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge." So, all of that wisdom and knowledge is in God, and true education should be pointing us to a better and truer understanding of them.
3: Mm-hmm. And in Job twelve thirteen, the Bible says, with him is wisdom and strength, he hath counsel and understanding. So, yeah, the source of uh, education is, of course, the source giver, uh, God himself, and all education is... Uh, revealing his character.
0: Uh, a little quote here. Um, and th- the paragraph says this, the ABCs of true education, and it's, it's in reference to the source of education. It says, all who are engaged in teaching the youth in our schools must have as the foundation of their knowledge, the fear of God, for this is the beginning of wisdom. They may have had years of training and yet not touch the very beginning, the ABCs of spirituality, the ABCs of devotion, the ABCs of self-sacrifice. The science of education is to love God and to keep his commandments. Study the word of God intelligently. It is the foundation of all education. So right there, it kind of confirms again... um,
3: The Bible. ...what we're talking about. The uh, source, yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh,
1: the Bible... And in, in really anything that we investigate in his true light is going to reveal the
0: Creator. Oh, I uh, should I should add that as manuscripts, um, uh, September 10, 1907. Okay, for reference, uh, the Bible, even speaking of itself, says
1: all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. So it is an instructing book; it's a teaching book. Uh, we find that in Second Timothy three sixteen. All right. Well. So we know that the Bible is uh, definitely a textbook that we use for education, but are there any other textbooks, if you will, that God has given us?
3: Well, yeah, we have the textbook of nature, uh, which really goes hand in hand with the the Bible, um, that whole concept that uh, nature reveals. Uh, God's character, that everything that God has created is as an expression of his thought. Um, you know, the reason placing Adam and Eve in a garden was for the purpose of educating them. So that's another thats another good textbook.
0: On that note, you, you think about how much Christ actually used nature as, as an educating tool uh, in teaching the disciples, the crowds, the multitudes from his parables. He kept drawing people back to nature. bring out points
1: all right Um, so what is God Brandon you alluded to this a little bit but what is God trying to teach us through his textbooks if you will
0: well if you go back to the thought of Jesus using parables and through parables he used nature he's trying to teach ultimately the love of God um, which was the main principle that the foundation you know, was was everything that was built on, and I think every time Jesus said in his parables, the kingdom of God is like X, Y, and Z. You know, the kingdom of God is like this field. The, the kingdom of God is, you know, so on and so forth. Ultimately, the kingdom of God is built on this principle of love. Scott, can you expand on that a little bit? When we say the, you know, that that principle
1: is built on love. There are a couple of aspects that we would look at.
2: A couple aspects of, of God's love? Yeah, like like
1: when we think about God's love, uh, God's, direct, God's love is kind of directed in, in two different ways, towards him and towards others. Yeah,
2: if you just look at the simple um, greatest commandments, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, uh, that being the greatest commandment. And then, of course, love your neighbor as thyself. Um, it's really a love for God and a love for humanity, which is an expression of that love for God as well. Um, it's
1: amazing because nothing in that is selfish. It's all centered towards others. Um, and and that's that's how God is. Uh, in Genesis 1.27, we're, we're told that humanity was created in in God's image. Uh, he put himself in a very vulnerable position. Essentially, he said, you know, I created you, but that doesn't mean we know each other yet. I want to get to know you, and I want you to know me. So let's start a dialogue. And so he, you know, started this dialogue with man. Even though man was was perfect when he was first created, he really didn't know, if you think about it, much about God, he had to learn, and the really those learning moments were to continue throughout man's existence, throughout eternity. Um, what's amazing is after sin enters the world, God says, "Hey, I still want to know you." You know, that's that's an awesome thought.
2: In the book Education, the first chapter, it it, it I remember um, it talking about God creating Adam and Eve that the longer they existed, Mm -hmm. the more they would uh, understand and know and become more like the image of God. So I think it's kind of neat that, um, you know, we think of Adam and Eve, we think of they were created perfect, but there was room for them to grow into that love, into that image of God, and that it was time that that would allow that to happen and 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 the knowledge would increase as as their time existed
3: yeah they were they were perfect, but they didn't know everything they weren't all knowing, and mm-hmm. there was a an education that mm-hmm. God built into to humanity a capacity
1: mm-hmm. right. to
3: infinitely understand God i mean literally you 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 continue to approach infinity, you're never going to reach it, but you know I mean the fact that we're never going to get bored of that,
2: and a curiosity for yeah. us to have. Um, I think it's kind of neat that um, you know, man is very curious. That 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 seems to be what, what even the secular minded world would agree. Why are you interested in education? Because we're curious about these different things. Um, I, I believe that that's something that God instilled in, into us.
0: I mean, you look at the basic secular definition just of what education is. And they just have a couple points here the process of receiving or giving systematic instruction, um, especially at a school or university, uh, the theory uh, and practice of teaching, or body of knowledge acquired while being educated, or information about training in a particular field or subject, or an enlightening experience. You think about how that all, if you look at that through the eyes or through the lens of the spiritual tone that we're adding to it, um, you think about the theory and practice that God was trying to teach Adam and Eve in the garden of Eden and how that translates all the way down six, 7,000 years later, you know, what should we be teaching our children?
2: Yeah. I think one of the first tests that God gave to Adam was here's a bunch of animals, you name them, you know, he had to look at them, study them. Oh yeah. This one looks like it flies. I'm going to call it a bird or I don't know. You know, I don't know if that was, an education, sure lesson.
1: Why not? I mean, he had to investigate. Much of inv- much of education is about investigation. When I was in school, um, one of my professors was really big on what's called discovery-based education. You give the students a problem, and you know they have to figure it out. You know, discover the answer. And and there's more than one way to do that. And it, I kind of sit here now and and laugh because. You know, here it is, a secular institution really modeling one of God's principles. God says, discover, you know, discover me, discover who I am, discover my creation, learn. Well, can you guys comment for me on what are some of the benefits of education? Essentially, if education through the lens of that being a knowledge of God. So what are the benefits of a knowledge of God? What does that provide us with?
2: well it would provide you with a um a mental discipline that would be um you know your your mental capacity would expand and your understanding of the things around you um that would be one
3: anything else a character change okay. i mean that's that's ultimately uh,
1: so when you change when you say change what do you mean stronger weaker yeah stronger okay you know
3: the object of education being to restore the image of god in the soul of men so if you're being truly educated Mm -hmm. then your character should be changing and molding like that image that you're beholding yeah yeah amen
1: what about your mind would it be, would you guys, do you think it's fair to say that it would be more fortified against evil? Absolutely.
2: Well, yeah, the more, um, the more understanding you have of the context of, of, of God and his will and the plan of salvation and, you know, all those, those core understandings of Christianity, I think your mind kind of starts to understand how it's unraveled and how it's come apart. And, um, you know, you can understand what, what sin has degenerated us into.
0: Yeah, the the beauty of, of worshiping God and getting to know God uh, through a personal relationship is um, you are incorporating yourself with essentially the Godhead, you know, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit quickens the mind and brings th- all things to remembrance, and in the in the sense of mental fortitude against evil, the things that we've put into our mind with that relationship, whether it's scripture memorization, whether it's um, songs that help us uh, get through the tough times or even remember how to rely on God, all those things are quickened and, and automatically come to, at least from my personal experience and time before, if I'm tempted in a certain way, either a verse or a song that points me back to Christ always comes quickly to mind
1: yeah from what i'm from what I'm hearing from you guys, this is a, a great preparation. All these things are a great preparation and for service in this world and in the world to come.
2: I think if you look at any um, any job, whether it be in the medical field, um, if you are a doctor, what are you really in the service of in the service of others? Um, if you're creating a car, I mean, is it, are you just creating a car for yourself? Are you creating a car for society? Almost everything has a, a, um, a scope of whatever it is that you learn how to do is going to affect other people. Um, yeah,
3: even if it's created to be evil or good, I mean, it's for others, you know, it's affecting others. Exactly. Mm So, I
2: mean, I mean, in in a crazy weird sense, we are all like (laughs) working on educating other people with, with, with either good or evil. Um, so if you didn't have the, the world to come mentality, uh, that I'm educating myself for this. Um, you know, then, then why not create a bunch of you know, evil video games that take a bunch of people's time and they don't really achieve anything, but wasted time, you know what I mean? You'd make a lot of money, but it, 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 I think in order to really understand education at its core, you have to kind of have this context of, of, of other service for service for others and for the world to come. That's a good point. Um,
1: you know tom i wanted to ask you do you think that god's way of education is simply memorizing facts and being able to, able to recall them because we see a lot of that in in today's society society i know i know i went through a lot of that in school hmm. and it was all about the you know whatever you could um get the right answers on the test just by recalling the facts is yeah. is, is that really god's way of educating education
3: no i I, th- I think from the very beginning you know god wanted us to be thinkers and and not just reflectors of other men's thoughts um god's way of education is i don't think is simply just memorizing facts to to recall them at some point so that you get a get some score it's really to use the mind that god gave each one of us to think through problems um and you know, make a decision. Uh, that's why he made us free willed free thinking, uh, individuals. Uh, so yeah, I, I think we've, our education as a system as a whole, if you just look at, take a step back, a lot of it is just memorization so that I can get a score on a test and pass and get a credential so that I can, I can get a job, you know? Um, uh, but to train thinkers, it's a little bit more difficult. It's a little bit more dis- difficult to test. Yeah, if someone's thinking.
1: I, th- I go back to my own school days and I think about these students who used to pay 10, not not ten thousand, but two thousand dollars for a Kaplan course to get into medical school because taking that MCAT, that was where it was at. And it didn't matter if you were a music student or a biology student or a chemistry student. If you could master that test, you were in, like, Flint. You know, it didn't... Your past grades, they mattered some, but not as much as, as that one test. And, you know, those Kaplan courses are, are really set up by people uh, or professional test takers. And they they just know how to take tests. That's what they're good at, you know. You don't have to necessarily know the information. And that's that's kind of scary, you yeah. know, th- the thought that you don't have to know the information. You can just... Narrow it down to the most logical possibilities, and, and you know, if you don't know, take your best guess out of 50-50 and move on. Uh, I, I'm kind of also reminded of those, those MasterCard commercials. I don't know if they still make these because I'm not really a TV watcher, but I remember they used to make these comparisons. Um, and at the end, there was always this one thing that was priceless. Do you guys remember that? Uh, the one thing money can't buy. Um, that's what education is like, though at least in God's eyes, mm. you know, he says in Job uh, twenty-eight, fifteen to 18, he says, it cannot be gotten for gold, neither shall silver be weighed for the price thereof. It cannot be valued with the gold of Ophir, with the precious onyx or the sapphire. The gold and the crystal cannot equal it, and the exchange of it shall not be for jewels or fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or of pearls, for the price of wisdom is above rubies." And so to me, in essence, God is saying, you know, a knowledge of me, a knowledge of love and putting that into practice, that's what's
2: priceless. Amen. You know, if you think of, of the world's idea of how to compensate for wisdom, it is with gold and rubies and expensive things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they they do honor those that are quote unquote wise in the world, but when you look at it from a biblical perspective, man's wisdom is his foolishness to God. Yeah. So.
1: And and the only reason those things have value is because we say they do. And and most of the time they, they have value, be, not just because we say they do, but because we think it looks good. And that's what we value. We value something that, that looks good. When chemically, you know, a ruby is just aluminum silicate, I think and the impurities are what makes it red. And and there's no difference between a ruby and a sapphire except for the impurities that change the color. And and a diamond is just carbon. So, and and we say, "Wow, that's that's really, really valuable because it it looks good." But God says, you you know, wisdom, that's valuable. And it's God saying it, not just us.
0: You know what I find interesting is that Uh, You bring up those points of uh, jewels and what we think is valuable and what we place value on. You see people that wear big old red rubies in their ears and on their fingers and they'd probably drown if they fell in a lake because they're so big. But you think about when we read in the New Testament and in Revelation what the streets are going to be made of. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's let's put it this way. What is the value of asphalt here on earth? I mean, Have if it. you had a pound of asphalt, how much would that be worth? Probably not a whole lot. Probably not uh, much. So what are the streets of, of heaven going to be made out of? And what is the foundation? If we took a chunk of concrete out of your foundation, what would that be worth? Probably not much. So uh, you think about all these, these gems and jewels that people put so much value on. Um, they are going to be the foundation and what we walk on in the heavenly kingdom it's going to have zero value
1: solomon in his early years you know he asked god for an understanding heart he wanted to be able to judge god's people and you know so he asked he asked for wisdom he gets it you know and later and later on in life he goes astray He doesn't he's not following god's model anymore and after ending his life in folly lamenting what he's done apart from god it's interesting what he says it says let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter fear god and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man for god shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing whether it be good or evil you can you know you can stray from god's ways you can you can waste your life but it's it's those early years where he asked god for wisdom and he used it in a godly manner that he reflects and he says you know what that was that's what was worth something not not what I did, you know when I was wild and decided to go my own way. it was following God in his ways and discovering him that's that was that's what's valuable
3: amen
0: absolutely.
1: what do you guys have any uh final thoughts as we wrap up here
0: yeah i i this thought just kind of came to me i I know in the intro you mentioned that we all have little versions of us running around in our home mm-hmm. um which is a good thing. It would be great if we just round you know, I, I know some of our listeners may appreciate this, but what are things that we do with our children as a form of education outside of the school context in terms of books and study? For example, um, I know Tommy, you're really active with your kids outside or what are, what are some activities that you might do or suggest to do with your kids in the form of education?
3: Um, <clears throat> well, just yesterday uh, we learned about gravity and we made a little swing and, and so the girls had fun, you know, playing on the new swing, single rope, single rope swing with a little disc. And, you know, it, it actually came out of, uh, uh, my frustration with them, uh, grabbing my phone, always wanting to grab my phone and watch some, you know, video clip that was them at some point in history here. But, uh, nonetheless, it's just staring at the phone. And I said, Hey, let's make a swing. And that just diverted the whole attention to this other thing. And I mean, they played on that swing till long into the dark. Uh, they were still, you know, out there on their, on their new swing. So.
0: You know, that's funny. It, when you're talking about the gravity, this was so cute. My daughter, my middle child, she came into our room and she got up on the bed. She's like, dad, watch this. And she has this kind of oversized, uh, grocery bag. And I immediately knew what she's going to do because I remember trying to do this, except with a big garbage bag. In her mind, she thought she was going to jump, jump off the bed, and with that bag above her head, it was going to just nicely bring her down to the ground softly like a parachute. But of course, she fell like a, a rock, and we ha- we had some good laughs. And I was able to explain to her about this concept of, dra- of gravity, and I was able to identify that I tried to do that, except much higher heights, and yeah, I failed miserably, but
2: you know my kids are young 2 and 4 at this point they're um they just uh they require a lot of attention <laughs> and i have found that when i take them outside i mean they can play for hours hours and hours and um one of their favorite things to do is to just go outside and and play in the dirt and they have a little wheelbarrow and as i'm wheeling stuff around my yard and fixing up my yard putting fruit trees in or working on my garden, um, they, they work right beside me carrying sticks and rocks and, and bugs. And, um, I actually, uh, I like to show my kids all of the nature that's in our yard. Um, you know, I have everything from praying mantises to centipedes, to snakes, to all kinds of things. Of course, I don't let my kids hold the snakes, but, um, it it is really neat to educate them for an appreciation of this beautiful planet that uh, God has given us. Even in this marred, sinful state, there's there's a lot of beauty to behold even in our simple little backyards.
0: So we don't need to call Child Protective Services or having your kids work for you. <laughs>
2: No, it's good for them, you know. My son's two; he he mows the lawn, you know, stuff like the big hedgers. <laughs> just...
0: I know. I Carly's running the chainsaw.
2: <laughs> yeah, my 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 son calls the chainsaw the trimmer. Dad, you get it trim? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh,
1: for me and my kids, it seems like the one thing I'm I'm always working on them about is how they treat one another, and maybe it's just that. 4 to 6 year old range where they seem to fight like cats and dogs and can't get along but that's one thing that we we work on a lot and it's amazing how they they know how to do that but being kind to each other seems to be fewer and further between it's that sinful nature wants to take over so we're constantly educating on you know how to treat our brother and sister and is that what Jesus would do and and just trying to get them to see long-term, treating others like God would treat them really matters. And uh,
3: so, yeah, it's the first lesson book. Really, is yeah. uh, is in the home there. Your so. first lesson in relationships. Relationships. All of them. Exactly. Absolutely. Happened right there at home.
0: Well, you posed the question. Do you have a? Do you have an answer? Um, yeah, I got I got, I got a number of them, but I'll I'll just give one. I um. You know, I drop my two older children off at uh, local Adventist school here, and we've intentionally started our kids a little bit later, so that's translated they're the oldest in their class and in, in their respective grades. But I drop them off, and I try to leave um, each morning. I, I I leave leave six points that I want them to think about throughout the day, and you know whether they remembered or not. I'm hopefully by drilling it into their minds over and over again. It's going to stick one of these days five or six you'll have to help me count here. But I, I always say first, be a leader, be a leader in your environment among your peers. I say, do your best, you know, whether, whether you take a math test and you get 50% or you fail or whatever, at least you can say you did your best. You did. You tried as hard as you could. I said three, be kind and courteous and respectful to your classmates. Treat them with kindness, with love, and mercy. Four, be respectful and obedient to your teacher and other teachers that are at the school there, for they're the ones that are instructing you. And you know, be be obedient to them. Uh, I said five, have fun. You know, don't don't stress out on the little things. Just again, do your best and have fun. And lastly, but and most importantly. Uh, always serve God, and whatever you do, follow Him and put Him first in all everything you do. So I'm hoping that those little antidotes, those little bits of my not so high wisdom, will resonate with them, and they'll be able to uh, glean something from that and carry it with them throughout their day.
1: That's great. That's that's very organized too. That, that's awesome. Well, thanks for joining us uh, on Thoughts on Education, our first uh, podcast episode. Next week, just to give you a little preview, we're going to be talking about the very beginning, that school in Eden, and uh, what it was like, and what they were to learn, and a few other things wrapped around that concept. So the school in Eden next, well, maybe not next week, but next podcast might be a couple weeks. Thanks for joining us. (laughs)